Our scripture reading this morning is going to come from the book of Romans chapter 5. You can mark that for just a moment. We will get to the book of Romans chapter 5 in just a moment. But I want to read you a verse, if I can, in the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. So again, Romans chapter 5, and mark that for a minute. We'll come there momentarily. And let's go back to the Old Testament, to the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. Romans chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 2. It's where we'll be reading it here in just a little while. We're going to talk about Paul and his letter to the Romans and about how that God is able to fix and that God is able to give us the things that are broken in our life. Jeremiah chapter 2. I want to skip down to the 13th verse. Talking about the people of Israel, his people. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, defining himself as the fountain of living waters. But what have they done instead? They have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. I originally this morning had been praying and meditating on these scriptures and in the book of Romans chapter 5, and I was thinking, God, you do make peace possible. But you know, as, I, as I've got to church this morning and as we come into a service, I think really my thought is, we are broken. Let's admit that this morning, that every one of us, we are broken. If you don't see brokenness and you don't recognize brokenness, then you don't see a need to be fixed. Folks, the people of Israel, the problem was they had a dependency upon somebody else other than God. Folks, when it comes to eternal life, I hope and I pray that you will agree with me that there is nobody else, including ourselves, that we can depend on outside of God. We need God and we need the provisions of God and the provisions of God are His Son, Jesus. But if I use the word machoism and I use a biblical word, pride, sometimes we struggle with the idea to admit that we're broken. Because, preacher, if we admit that we're broken, we are weak. Paul said when we are weak, then we are strong. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to be broken. But let me go ahead and finish that. You just don't need to stay in that state. There's a difference in being in a state and staying in a state. Don't feel sorry for yourself or that we are a bad people or that there's something wrong with us. It's understanding we have a need in our life and that that need must be provided. Folks, God can provide these needs. Can we have peace? Yes, we can. Romans chapter 5, if you turn there, he talks about how that we can be justified. Let's read the first verse. Therefore, being justified by faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know what the word justified means? The word justified means to return to a state as if it was not or as if it was in the beginning. If you have a cistern that is not broke, then it is going to do its purpose. It's going to hold its water. But what happens is once it's broken, it needs to be fixed. How do we get fixed. 
How do we, when we acknowledge our brokenness, how do we, when we, we acknowledge the fact that there's a need in our life, study and read the book of Romans chapter 5? As a matter of fact, I'm going to read to you, if I can, the first nine verses. God is going to make peace possible. And that possible that of the possibleness of that peace is going to come in that very first verse. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. Not peace with the world, not peace with even our neighbors or in our homes. If we got peace with God, those things will come. But we have it through Jesus Christ. Now, peace just means the, the, the removal or the absence of fear or the wrath. But now let's keep reading these nine verses. We'll come back in a minute. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations. We don't want to be broken, do we? Knowing that tribulation worketh patience, patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. I, I get this image, and I don't know why I get this image, but you know, they put this stuff sometimes in tires that seals it off. So when something tries to puncture it, it seals. You know what? I, I believe this. If you can get your life filled for the Holy Spirit of God, the world can do whatever it wants to try to puncture you or deflate you, but God gives you strength to overcome so that we are not a broken people. Now again, I said there's a difference in being broken and staying broken. But let's keep reading. For when we were yet without strength, this is the state that we were in. In due time. That means at the right time. Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commandeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we were broken, God provided a way. Let's read if we can verse 9. Much more then, being now justified by his blood. Again, we talk about brokenness. We talk about justification means returning to a state of pureness and non-brokenness. We are justified by His blood and we shall be saved from wrath through Him. Let's go back to the very first verse if we can for just a minute. Paul uses the phrase being justified. Folks, the greatest transformation that people can ever go through is from being lost to being saved. People go through changes in life. Matter of fact, we see that. The older we get, the more we change. Infants go from not able to walk to they can crawl, or excuse me, not being able to move to crawling to walking. Then as you get older, guess what happens? Your walking ability begins to de deteriorate even. But you see that we all go through these changes. Some of them good, some of them bad. But I hope that you all will agree with me that there's no change that happens to a person any greater than getting saved by the grace of God. Going from a time where you, you, you go to a doctor and they take away your pain or you go to a chiropractor and they kind of get the, 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 the ache out of your back, you think that's a good healing or a good change. There is nothing like going from being lost to being saved. There's nothing any greater than going from a point in your life where you are cracked, you are broken, to being fixed and being fixed by God. 
Let me ask you this. Has there anybody here ever had something broken? You take it to somebody and it was either one, not fixed, or it was even more broken than when you took it. Folks, let me tell you something about God. You cannot give God something broken and He mess it up. Folks, when God fixes it, God fixes it. And I believe that God fixes it thoroughly and completely. For Paul talks about here is that, that, that man goes through a great transformation that we are justified by faith. He said in Ephesians that, that we are saved uh, through faith. Uh, and he talks about it again in the book of Acts that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That, that we have to believe and we have to believe in him. But notice what happens. What's the result of being, of having faith? What's the result of being justified? Remember what happened in the book of Jeremiah when we read to you there uh, in the very beginning. It talked about how that the people, because of their disobedience, they had, they had gone to their own sources. And because of that, they were like broken cisterns. And God said, I want to fix that brokenness that you have. And God can fix that brokenness. But let's see what happens here is that we find peace with God. I'm not against you having peace with the person you have to sit beside or the person you work beside. Or I'm not opposed to you wanting peace with your neighbor. But folks, out of all the people in life that we can find peace with, there's one that we ultimately need peace with more than anything else. We must find peace with God. And I'll go as far as to say this. Folks, if you find peace with God, you'll find peace in a lot of other areas of your life. But it, peace is that we come to an understanding or an acceptance of things and what they are and what we have. And he talks about how that we have peace with God. But how does that obtain? He said, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, if you take out Jesus, you cannot find peace. I'm going to say that one more time. If you take Jesus out of it, you cannot find the peace that God wants us to have. Let me word that a whole totally different way, folks. If you take Jesus out of it, we're all going to be broken and we're going to stay broken. But because of Jesus, you do not have to stay broken. Because of Jesus, we don't have to stay in a state that we do not want to be in. And by the way, I'll go ahead and say this. If you're lost and there's a conviction of God upon your soul, it's not a fun place to be in. It's not a happy place. It's not somewhere that, that I want to go back and say, boy, I sure wish I could be lost again, folks. When you're lost, it's a miserable condition to be in and God does not want you to stay in that condition. Then why do we run from Him? Because we're broken, but we don't want to admit that brokenness. We, are, we, are, we, we have cracks in our lives that we don't want to admit that there's flaws and there's errors about us. And Paul began to talk about how that we have peace through our Lord Jesus Christ. So let's skip on down just a, a few verses to that sixth verse. Notice what Paul talks about here. For when we were yet without strength in due time... Christ died for the ungodly. You want to talk about summing up the entire gospel as a whole? Right there it is. Right there it is. For when we were yet without strength. You and I today, there come a point in our life we were without strength or we were broken. There were things in our life that were, that, that were not the way that they should be. Matter of fact, if you read what he says the verse before that in the fifth verse, and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts 
by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Do you know what it means to have the love of God? I don't just say God's presence, the love of God. Let's, let's look at that again. So that we might have a love above all other loves poured in our heart. Shed abroad means to be poured. Now you kind of get this idea, poured is kind of like a liquid or something in a state. A liquid takes the form of what it's poured into. Would you understand that? If I was to take a, a, a glass of water, and no matter how many different tall glasses and narrow glasses and, and, and all kind of uh, different odd-shaped glasses, that water is going to conform to the container it's in, and it's going to fill it up. Folks, today I want to tell you this. You may think you are the oddest shaped person that's out there, but I'll tell you this. The Holy Spirit of God can conform to you and completely fill every area of your life that you need to have filled. Well, we feel like, well, I'm different than everybody else. That, that my vase and my bowl and my cup, is we're just odd shaped or we're just messed. It's not about the shape. It's about the brokenness is what it's about. You see today, folks, it's not about whether you're taller or, or a different kind of container. It's us understanding that we have brokenness and we need God. And the Holy, notice what he says, that the Holy Ghost, it says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. And that's what he's talking about. He's poured into us. And he fills us up. When you read the fruits of the Spirit... I look at this book of Romans right here and I see these things. The fifth verse talks about how that we have love. The second verse, it says, By whom we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Talks about how that we have this, this, this joy that we can have in our life. First verse talks about how that we have being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that you'll see that in this fifth chapter that even though we might have a brokenness, God is able to fix us. Again, notice all the filling up and notice all the things that are transpiring. For notice what happens here is that, that, that there comes a point that Paul had to, to express to the people of Rome. He said, you know what? We are a broken people and that's okay because God fixes brokenness. You know what today? We are, uh, hospitals aren't for the healthy, they're for the sick. We understand this morning that, that God desires that we might not remain in a broken state, but that we might be fixed, that we might be healed, that we might be cured. And how do we do that? We take His presence and we let it fill us up. And you know what? God's not going to leak out and run out to where we don't have Him anymore. Folks, if God moves into your heart, He's going to fix it to where He's in the proper container and He's going to be there. God is in our lives. Is God in your life? I hope and pray that He is. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. You can read that over and over again in these six verses. It even talks about uh, eighth verse, but God condemneth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Paul is saying we are a broken people and that it's okay because God can fix broken people. I'm reminded of some scripture found in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. It's a familiar scripture in Isaiah chapter 53. Paul wasn't the first person to say, you know what, we're broken. We're broken people that needs to have God's presence to be fixed in their life. Let's read what Isaiah chapter 53 says. And in verse 6, 
all we like sheep have gone astray. Well, that sure rules out that our neighbor's better or worse than we are. We all are in the same boat, folks. We're broken. Every one of us. There's not a, it's not about yours is worse or mine's less or mine's greater and yours is smaller. We all have a brokenness. You know what I've learned about a brokenness, whether it's a vase or a container? It don't matter whether it's big or small. It's still not going to hold what it needs to hold. Today, whether your sin seems to be great or smaller, that's not what we're discussing. What we are discussing is if there is brokenness, we need to be fixed. Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. Here's why we have to have a Savior. Here's why Jesus had to come and to die. All we like sheep have gone away astray. He said, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I have a concern when people get this idea of you just do it and you just do it your own way. You ever heard anybody say that? You just do things and you just do things your own way. Do you want to know why society becomes broken? Do you want to know why homes get broken? Do you want to know why our lives, seemingly the wheels just fall off the wagon? Because when we do things our way, we separate from God. Because our way is not going to be God's way. It's going to be away from God. Notice what he said. We have turned everyone to his own way. This morning, if there's one thing that I can encourage you to do, do not try to do life. Do not try to do eternal life your way. Do it God's way. And if God says you need Jesus and you, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin, you need the blood of Jesus. And that's what our, our, our reading is in the book of Romans today. talks about how that we need Jesus Christ. If you are broken, you can put band-aids all you want from the world, but folks, you need Jesus in your life. That's what you need. And he provides these things. And Isaiah said that all we like his sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Sheep are, they're amazing creatures, but they also don't like a whole lot of intelligence. Sheep need a shepherd. Too many people are roaming around this world without the Holy Spirit and the, and the Word of God guiding them in their life. If you want to know how you should do things, listen to that still small voice that is within inside of us because he talks about how that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. What does it mean to go astray? Folks, there's not a way that, that is more advertised than a stray way. Let me just say that a little bit different. There's not a way, and we talked about this in days past, there's not a way that seems to be more popular or more appealing than a way that's going to, uh, a way that's going to take you astray from God. All we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity. That word iniquity. That's a pretty deep word. We're not going to get into it in its fullness. But I want to tell you the effects of sin is it kills. Not only does sin take life of human beings, but it took the life of the ultimate human being, of God in the flesh, being Jesus Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. 
You see, this morning, God does not want us to stay broken. He wants us. He says, he talked about how that, 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 that we have iniquity upon. He says, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I believe that Jesus took on the iniquity. I believe that Jesus took on sin, not just some sins or a certain generation of people, not just a certain nationality of people, folks. I believe that Jesus took on the sins of every single person. Do you believe that sin hurts? Yes. Now there's joy of sin, but in due time sin is going to hurt. There's a brokenness about sin. Sin breaks us. It deteriorates us. It makes us have a, a, a wrongfulness about us, if that's a way to say it. But you see today, listen to what Paul is saying in Romans. God can fix us. God can, and through the blood of Jesus Christ, we can be fixed, we can be filled, and we can, be, we can have this, this peaceful relationship with God if we'll just let him, the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. I don't believe that there's a certain group of people that's excluded from God's presence in their life. I don't believe that there's a people today that can do things bad enough that God's not able to save them and that God's not able to give them peace in their life. For let's listen to what we read in Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Do you believe that God reminds us that He has taken care of us? I believe that God does. Listen to this verse found in the book of Numbers chapter 15 and verse 39. Listen to this. And it shall be unto you for a fringe. It's just garment. It's, it's just attire that you would wear. That you might look upon it. And remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. He said, I'm going to give you these reminders. He says, and that ye seek not after your own heart and your own eyes. After which ye yees, after ye yees, ye use scoring. But when we talk about that, notice what he's saying. He said, I'm going to, you're going to put this fringe and it's going to remind you every step of the way. Don't go your way or what you want to do. He said, go my way. If God has fixed us, follow God. If God has cured us, we need to follow after God and do what He would bid us to do. And here in this book of Romans chapter 5, it says, when we were without strength, notice what he talks about. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Take notice what Paul said is that there's a weakness about us. Remember what I said about humility and weakness that we don't want to admit that weakness for when we were without strength. Sinners, people that are not saved by the grace of God, they do not have the strength, they do not have the ability to inherit everlasting life on their own. They need Christ. Again, it's not something you can do on your own. People will tell you that if you'll go over here and you, you can get into the water or if you live right or if you take a certain sacrament, I'm telling you this morning according to the Word of God, particularly here in the book of Romans, that Paul is saying that you need Jesus specifically. If you are weak, you need Jesus when without strength. Folks, sin does not make a man stronger if anything, sin makes us weaker. 
We see today that, again, go back in the Old Testament, Samson, he lost his strength because he, put, he, he, he would not trust in God to provide the things that he needed. And I tell you that this morning because we think that sin is something to boast of or something that, that, that we need more of because if it's healthy and it makes us stronger, then we need more of it. May you look at sin as something that makes you stronger, but may you look at sin as something that makes you weaker. You ever notice that sometimes your perspective is what really is important? What do you view it as? Do you view sin as something enjoyable, something you need, or do you view it as something that is harmful? Do you view it as something that is not going to do you any good, but it's actually going to separate you from when we were without strength? And then he goes on and uses the word ungodly. Preacher, I've heard enough. Do not tell me that I am ungodly. Folks, today, if we don't admit that there's a brokenness and ungodliness in our life, then we'll never see a need for Jesus. But once we do, once we see that we are a broken people, a people of need today, we understand that we are by our nature ungodly. Ungodly just means without God. For he says, when we were without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. I don't know that we can say that leaving out God makes us more godly. It's the opposite. Leaving out God makes us more and more ungodly. How many avenues in your life have you taken God out of? This isn't easy this morning. God is welcome in church. That's what you do at church. God's welcome here. Let me ask you this. Where else is God welcome in your life? I pray that He's welcome in your home. But you know what? Not every home welcomes the Word of God and the Spirit of God and the Lord Jesus Christ into it. I pray that He's in your jobs. But you know what? Not every job wants God to be a part of that. Not every school wants God to be a part. Not every life. Not every marriage. Not every... And just fill in the blank of all the things, folks... I pray that we want God in all aspects of our life. But not just pick and choose. And our society says, well, we don't want God here. You know what? I want God with me. I want God everywhere we go. For when he talks about how when we were without strength, that Christ died for the ungodly. Folks, if you run God away or you run God out of our lives, then we're running to a place of ungodliness and that's what we stand in need of for he says, in due time. One of the things that we got into in our Bible study the other night was back in the book of Acts, it talked about how that you know there was an appointed time. Uh, let me just go back and read real quick. I'm going to paraphrase this up. Acts 24. It's about the 22nd verse. Do you believe that God's always right on time? Do you believe God's time is perfect? Oh, it's perfect timing. Let's read if we can the 24th chapter. Let me get down to about the 22nd verse about uh, Felix and Drusilla. Um, read the 25th verse. Paul had been preaching unto Felix and he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come Felix trembled and answered, Go thy way for this time. In other words, he was moved by the presence of God, but the, he wanted to put this off a little longer. He said, 
For when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. When Paul said in the book of Romans chapter 5, in verse 6, he says that in due season. Folks, God is working at the exact time that he wants to work. Do not put God off to a more convenient season. I'm not trying to get in anybody's business, but maybe you're in a hurry. You've got to, you've got to get out of church today, or I, I don't want to be praying in front of a lot of people, or you have all kinds of excuses, but I'm telling you, Felix was stirred by what Paul said, and it said that he was moved, and there was a great troubling that he had. He said, even though I believe in this, and even though I'm greatly moved, he said, I'll call you when there's a more convenient season. Folks, there's never a more convenient season to let Jesus into your life than right now. Felix said, I'm going to wait till a more convenient season. I'm going to wait till it, it's easier. You see today, if Christ is moving in you in due time, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation, or now is the day, is the appointed time that a person must be saved. For he says, in due time. I'll tell you this, I believe that Jesus is, and I believe the Holy Spirit of God right on time. You may say, well, preacher, I really wish I could be at home or I could be out in my car or I could be out in the woods somewhere by myself. You know what? In due time, that means God is sovereign over all time, meaning that God's going to do what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. God is sovereign over them all. You know what I find amazing even about Satan himself? There were things that Satan opposed or still does oppose, but that's not stopping God from doing it. Satan opposes you getting saved, but guess what? That's not going to stop God from saving your soul. You can stop yourself, but Satan can't stop you. You mean to tell me the one that we hear about, even Lucifer himself, cannot keep me from getting saved, folks? Not even Satan himself can stop God from due time. If God sees fit to do it, he can do it. For he says, in due time. Let's keep reading this verse. Christ died for the ungodly. I think the whole gospel can be summed up right there. Christ died for the ungodly. If there's never a scripture that anybody else ever hears, they need to hear that. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ fixes the broken. Who are the broken this morning? Preacher, I don't want to admit that. I don't have, now's just not the time. You have to understand that we all are in the same category. We all have brokenness in our life. For in due time, he says, that Christ died for the ungodly. Folks, you want to talk about what the gospel is and what it does. That is what Christ, he is the gospel. You know what the word gospel actually means? It means good tidings. In other words, I is talking about how that that there's something good that you need to hear. You know what? There's a lot of things that are being said. And some of it, I'll say a great percentage of it, I don't want to hear it. It's, it's depressing and it's, it's disturbing and there's a lot of trouble I hear. But I want to tell you, there's good news that you don't need to ignore today. You don't need to ignore Jesus Christ. Don't ignore Him and what He's speaking to you. I have no clue what He's saying to you right now. I have no clue what's going on, but I do know this. If Jesus is speaking, He's trying to fix our brokenness. Maybe He knows something we don't know. Or it says that Christ died for the ungodly. 
I pray today that we would understand that if we're ever going to preach a gospel, it's got to be a gospel about Jesus Christ. All the foundations and all the other things, folks, I'm not worried about anything else other than let it all pertain to Jesus Christ. So today, I'll go back to the book of Jeremiah chapter 2. If you didn't keep marked, that's okay. I'm going to read it to you. People of Israel had realized they didn't see it as a necessity for God. They just thought they would do it on their own. There's a chance you can make it through this day and not be a child of God. But I'll tell you this, it is impossible to die and go to heaven without being a child of God. There's some things you can do on your own. But folks, you'll never inherit eternal life without the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's what Paul is saying. For the people of Israel had said, you know what, God, we don't need you no more. I pray that there's nobody here guilty of walking out of these doors in just a minute saying, God, thank you for visiting with me on Sunday, but I don't need you anymore. I'll see you next week. Folks, you're going to need him. You're going to need him every second of every minute of what's ahead of you. I understand that. But the people had got to that point that they didn't need that anymore. For it says, for the people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters. That's one wrong. But he says, then they hewed out for themselves cisterns. And not only did they turn to their own ways, but they were broken cisterns. And those broken cisterns can hold no water. May I tell you this and close with this? Throughout, particularly in the Old Testament, every time you see water that's talking about the Holy Spirit of God, in your sinful, broken state, the Spirit of God is not going to move in. But if you let God fix you, He'll fix every crack. Sometimes we think it's crack, as in, as in multiple, but really it's crack, singular meaning our sinful nature. If we let God fix the wrong that's in our life, then guess what He can do? You may be shaped a little funny or different or, or whatever, but that water, when it pours in, it's going to fill in every little area. And God's going to completely fill up your life. Do you want God in your life this morning? Those are the things that I had upon my heart. God bless you is my prayer. I want us to get a song if we could.